This is an NEC podcast. Welcome to the We Love Canadian Music Podcast. I'm your host, NEC Presents Executive Producer, Heather Gibson. We Love Canadian Music brings you up-close and personal interviews with Canadian musicians on far-ranging topics from life on the road to the artists they find most inspiring. Join us every two weeks for a new interview. Did you grow up in Winnipeg? I did. Yeah, and, grew uh, up in Winnipeg. Which I, I grew up in Manitoba, so we can talk about that sometime. No way. Yeah, That'd yeah. be amazing. I didn't yeah. know that, actually. And I was actually just back, and lots changed. But yeah. you did I read that you went to British Columbia for university? I did, yeah. So I, I moved out to Vancouver when I was 18 um, and grew my hair long and, and did all the things you do on the West Coast. Right. And, uh, and 18. And, and you probably yeah, got exactly. to be really idealistic and knew everything. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm still actually in that, yeah, uh, in that, in that frame of mind. Yeah. <laughs> and did you take a science degree? I did. So I, I moved out to Vancouver um, actually for a few things. Uh, so I played volleyball when okay. I was in high school. And so I got recruited out for the UBC volleyball team. Yeah. Um, so I moved out west because of that. And, and then I did a Bachelor of Science um, program. So I studied, um, I specialized in neuroscience uh-huh. um, and I dabbled in oceanography. Because those two things go naturally together. Yeah, I would say right. so. Right. Yeah, I would say so. And I've left it all behind for music. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a little anecdote that I share while performing, but uh, after becoming a scientist, um, so finishing my Bachelor of Science and looking out at the world, trying to figure out what I should do with myself upon becoming a scientist, um, and eventually I realized that I should go where the money is. Um, which and, is music. Which is the role of a, uh, of a male acoustic folk <laughs> right. uh, musician that sometimes right. plays the harmonica. There's, you can see a lot of other other people's people you can emulate, look up to with a lot of money. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Well, I was thinking right. more, you don't really have that many male acoustic folk singers. Oh, you're going to fill a gap. Um, out there. Yeah, I so I, was, okay. I kind of analyzed the markets right. um, and found the, right. the niche. It was uh, a marketing analysis. Yeah, I yeah, see. yeah. Okay. You know, I, I didn't actually take any business courses in university. Um, I stuck more to the to the biochemistry and the and and the um, the, the the neuroscience, the behavioral neuroscience, right. neuroplasticity and behavior. Um, but I, I felt that I got enough of a business background from just taking those courses uh, that I would be able to uh, adequately act in, in right. the marketplace ah, okay. and, and perform. So. If you grew up in Winnipeg and you went mm-hmm. to school out in BC and now you're on the road. That's right. So where do you actually call home? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, a, it, it's a confusing thing. And this is, I, I've realized why there are so many songs um, about home, about the concept of home, because musicians tend to be away from home more than they are at home. Uh, so for me, I've spent, since graduating, um, I haven't actually been in any one place for more than uh, a, a two-month period mm. um, consecutively. Um, so so it was a bit of a, a transition time of figuring out w- from Vancouver where I no longer have an address and um, 
my, my address in Winnipeg is my parents' mailing address, mm. um, but all of my things, all of my personal belongings are with me right. in my van. You're that guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. that guy. Exactly. <laughs> so Winnipeg, Winnipeg now has become, um, after that transition time, I'm proud to call Winnipeg home. Right. Uh, and I was just there for, for two months before starting this tour uh, in the dead of winter. And it was kind of the first time that I've been back to Winnipeg in the winter. Yeah. Um, and that's very, very different than, than being out west. So after living out west for five years right. um, and not experiencing the Winnipeg winters, I've realized you very quickly become uh, soft. Right, yeah. right. Pretty soft around the edges. And I found living in the East Coast, which maybe is the same as the West Coast, mm-hmm. is that you lose your ability for that dry cold. Like yeah. basically you yeah. get home to yeah. Winnipeg and your eyelashes and nose fall off. Yeah. <laughs> <in a> boat. <laughs> yeah. And you wonder, you're like, oh, moisturizer, right. I should try yeah. that again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, everything like the, the lips um, uh, just, just get so dry. Yeah. Yeah, because or, or in the humid cold, it's it just kind of seeps to your bone, whereas anything that's not covered uh, yeah. in the dry cold, it just attacks the, yeah. the wind. Yeah, um, and it's, it's it, when I was there uh, last month, um, I came in on a very late flight, so stayed at the airport for the first night because I had to drive out to Boise Vane that mm-hmm. day. And um, uh, woke up in the morning, and literally there was nothing out my window, mm-hmm. like <laughs> for miles, yep. which I had forgotten yep. that that was the case. Yep. That yep. that uh, and and growing up on the, I don't know if you've had this experience um, f- on the west when you go to the coast mm-hmm. from being on the prairies. Is I use, I've always sort of jokingly said that if um, anybody who thought the world was flat never grew up in the prairies because yep. you can see the, the stars arch from yep. one side to the other yep. and you get a really good sense of how small you are in yep. the scheme of things yep. um, standing in the middle of a wheat field or a canola field yep. um, and that there's something different about when you can look out on that that sky and see as far as your eye can see mm-hmm. whereas on the coast you have this much more there's not until you get on the ocean mm-hmm. that doesn't really exist that mm-hmm. there's something always kind of in the way and you get a very different sense of of self if you've stayed out yeah. there long enough. Yeah. So what is something about Winnipeg that um, people don't know? Uh, Winnipeg has a, a, a thriving arts community. People would know that. Um, but, but the big aspect that I would focus on there is community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Winnipeg, um, the, the priorities, people tend to prioritize each other uh, a little bit more in, in my experiences in, mm-hmm. in comparison out west. Um People are willing to to drop things just to help you, just to help support you. If if you have a favor, if you um, broke something on your guitar, you need to borrow a guitar. Mm. Um, there are five to ten people that are mm. just at 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 the drop of the text, um, yeah. willing to to come meet you wherever you are uh, and genuinely help you. Um, and I'm not sure if that's a result of just a slower pace of life, because Winnipeg, as a larger city. Um, it's not that expensive. Uh, there's not as much hustle and bustle as I personally feel when I'm in a city like Toronto or in Vancouver. Because right. um, there's about a million people there now, right? Yeah, yeah. just 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 shy. I think around eight hundred thousand. Yeah, um, and and definitely. So that's growing. a good sized city. But you're yeah. right; there has a pace. Yeah, that that's a bit different. Than, yeah, yeah. Than, uh, even here in Ottawa, where there's yeah. about the same number of people. Yeah, yeah. And so you just Winnipeg, maybe just being removed um, from the rest of the country or the rest of the world um, mm. w- being kind of in isolation in the middle of the Canadian prairies uh, with the closest major city being Regina uh, six hours, five, six hours away, Saskatoon, mm-hmm. um, nine hours away, Toronto, 24 hours away. Mm. Um, so Winnipeg tends to, you have to fend for yourself. 
um, or fend for itself. I, I mean by that. Um, so I, f- I find Winnipegers and Winnipeg to take care of each other a little bit more. Um, and, and maybe that has to do with the harsh Winnipeg winter climate right. um, of just ingrained in you. If, if you're left outside, uh, very, very difficult to survive. Um, so there's just a sense of, of belonging um, and, and of community. Well, and that's something that I've sort of, I've toyed around with too, this idea of the harsh winter. Mm-hmm. And because I've seen it in people in the North as well, that, that um, you don't get left out mm-hmm. in, in Manitoba or yeah. Saskatchewan. And I noticed this even when I was in Saskatchewan in the summertime, it's almost like when you leave a party, people make sure everyone's, everyone's got yeah. something, you know, no one's walking home. Yeah. No one's, when I was in, in, in uh, Boisevain, they were even, people weren't walking three blocks and they looked at me and they said, yeah. because it's winter, you yeah. know, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you, everyone had a ride. Everyone yeah. had, it was this sort of making, you know, and it was like everybody's responsibility to make yeah. sure that everyone was okay. It was okay. And, yeah. and make it home safe. Um, a, a quick anecdote. Um, I was touring through North Dakota, uh, last, um, last, last winter in the middle of January, um, in North Dakota, obviously just directly south of Manitoba, directly yeah. south, three hours from, from Winnipeg. I was playing in Far, Fargo, um, and I didn't know anybody in Fargo. I didn't have a place to stay. But it's minus 35 outside. And normally I would sleep in my van, um, but that's a little cold. Right. Um, for the instruments, at least. The instruments don't like to be that cold. <laughs> Personally, I'll deal with whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I made an announcement at the show. I said, hey, uh, guys, I don't have a place to stay. Does anybody have a spare couch or floor space for a polite Canadian musician? Um, and r- right after I said that, uh, in between the sets, there were six groups of people uh, that came up to me and, and just opened themselves up, gave yeah. me their phone number, said, hey, we have a we have a couch, we have a, a spare bedroom, um, we have a spare suite that you can take, we'll g- give you breakfast in the morning. So we'll, you got to choose. You I got like to a- choose, exactly. <laughs> so then I started writing down, okay, what can you offer? <laughs> <Right. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just shifting gears a mm-hmm. little bit, but not a whole lot, is... If I said to you, what's your favorite childhood memory? What's mm. the first thing that comes to mind? Um, we used to, in, in Winnipeg, we, we used to, as a family, in, in, in my backyard, uh, my parents' backyard, there, there's a big open field. And so every uh, Christmas um, or, or kind of family get-together, we would always go out back um, and we would play football. So there was between right. five and ten of us that would just play a, a game of football outside in, in the cold. And it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't contact or, or really that intense or competitive mm. um, by any standards. Um, but that's what, uh, I haven't thought of this in years actually, but but that's what stands out to me is we would always, uh, you bundle you bundle up as, as much as you can. You cover up every uh, aspect of your of your body, your, your entire face, you cover with scarves, um, <laughs> three layers of mitts and, <laughs> and your, big, your big winter boots. Um, and then you go outside and, and you brave the cold. But it, and even even thinking about that more, growing up in, in Winnipeg, I don't know if you got this from from Boys of Ain as well. Uh, the cold is a factor. The cold is always there, but um, I, I find you you don't think about it that much. You just you just survive it. This is this yeah. is what it is. You you can't let the cold um, ruin your plans, what yeah. you're going to do. Because it's kind of like the wind on the East coast. Yeah, It's like yeah. where wind comes from. Yeah, so if you exactly. just decided that you didn't like the wind, you're staying home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're staying home 365 days a year. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. So, so that's something that stands out for me in, in Winnipeg. And that the whole notion of the triple mitts, 
Yeah, I think yeah. is something that's not not necessarily prevalent through the rest of the country. Um, is this idea that you could wear two or three pairs of mints at the same time? But yeah. this definitely that was the norm back when we were kids, for sure. Fashion takes a back seat. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Except for about grade seven, grade eight, when you still try to yeah. have no toque. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah a little bit of frostbite. That's right. That's right. And then the the parents kind of lock yeah. in and say, "You can't make decisions for yourself." Yet. <laughs> so, do you ready. have any siblings? I have two older brothers. Oh, so you're that's the right. youngest. I'm the youngest. And do you? buy into the whole youngest are you do you fit the that all that psychology of the youngest um, I, I tend to be maybe the most strong-minded the strong-willed of of my of my two brothers um we're all very similar um but but i would be the most independent i think my my uh, my my dad always says um that the reason why i came third is because they weren't ready to to parent me yet. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wouldn't have been ready had i come sooner right um yeah, so I, I think in a lot of ways, being more independent, strong-willed, yeah. um, I, I would fit that mold. Right. Did you have a pet growing up? Uh, we had a cat. We still do, actually. She's she's still still kicking it. So would you call yourself a cat or a dog guy? A uh, cat, cat person. Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah. I think there you was don't a, have one in the van right now. No, I've thought about getting a, a tour kitten, a, a, a tour <laughs> pet. Um, but some friends of mine that um, that are more animal activists right. said you can't coop up a cat. Or, or an animal in You could in be a that, 50 that square foot guy place. with the cat on a leash, though. I could. You could be that guy. I could. I don't, I don't want to be. <laughs> Where you just rolled into the fourth stage here with your cat? Yeah. Exactly. We would remember you for <laughs> you sure. Would, you would. Yeah, you would. Yeah. That'd be a first. So, what's a place in Canada you'd like to visit that you haven't? The territories. Um, I, I've, I've never been that far north. Um, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time up in uh, northern BC. Uh, north of Prince George and Fort St. John, but I've never gone all the way up to, to the Yukon uh, or Northwest Territories. I, th- I think just the, you talk about openness, mm. um, open space, and that's something that Canada has a lot of, mm. a lot of space, a lot of trees in between towns, um, a lot of area that, that does not get touched by by people. Yeah. Um, and I think that just keeps growing and, and, and getting exaggerated the farther north you go. Mm. You know, a lot of people say that about this when I ask them that question. And, and there is something I'd be curious to know that next time you're back and we mm-hmm. have a conversation once you've been up there of the, I find the, the most, the most, uh, I don't, not disturbing, that's not the right word, but jarring is this, is the quiet. Mm-hmm. It's, um, there's something about the quiet of the tundra and above the tree line that yeah. is just, it's a little bit unnerving, yeah. I think, for somebody who's lived, you know, now lived in the city for so long, but, um, so what's a place, where have you been that you always think about what you want to go back? Um, so I've, I've toured pretty extensively across the country for the last two years. Mm. Um, and why I keep doing it, or why I love being on the road so much, is um, coming into these small, obscure towns that I would never, likely never else, n- never otherwise go to unless if I was touring through and playing music. Um, and get just a glimpse into the way these people live or the, the, the way of life in this town, the perspectives, the, the culture. Um, and so I, I've been very, very fortunate to, to kind of be taken in by, by these towns all yeah. over the place. Um, one town in particular, uh, Bruno, Saskatchewan. That's, Saskatchewan and Newfoundland have the best town names, yeah, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Um, so Bruno, Saskatchewan, it's a place that um, nobody in Saskatchewan apparently has ever heard of. Um, but it, one of the first... 
my my second show ever on the road, so away from my hometown, um, in my very first tour was in Bruno, Saskatchewan, and they had they just took me in as this random kid with with long hair, um, doesn't have a name, doesn't really have that much experience performing, um, but they were willing to to let me play at at one of their art spaces in town, um, and a town of about five hundred people. Uh, somehow I managed to get lost. While going to the venue, um, so there's a there's a there's so a now re- you're embarrassing yourself, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's, there's a, a a railroad track that runs right through the center of town um, and separates uh, Main Street East from Main Main Street West or something like that. Right. Um, and I I somehow got on the wrong side of the railroad tracks and drove around for for a good twenty minutes. Um, but so the town of Bruno, Saskatchewan, has just always been close to my heart. I've I've been back um, twice since. And and every time there's I, I get to see the same people and more people come out. Um, you know, again, just really really supportive, um, and, and and they're just kind of supportive for for who you are as a person and yeah. willing to accept you not for the things that you're trying to do or or what you're trying to accomplish. It's it's just very um, yeah, just it's very heartening yeah. to to yeah. come into that environment. Yeah. So. Um, What's if I say this to you? And it's sort of the first thing that comes to mind is is um, uh, what was your 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 best show and why? And you can define best any way you want to. <laughs> um, here's here's a story. I've, I've been touring in the states a little bit. Um, and I don't know if this is the best show, but it's it's a show. Uh, I was playing at a at a, a punk rock bar in Canton, Ohio. Um, where the NFL or the, the football hall of fame is right. as an aside, not, not important to this story at all. Um, <laughs> but just a little fun just fact, a little, little context for, for the football fans out there. <laughs> oh, Canton. I've been right. there. Yeah. Um, or that Canton. Canton. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's that Canton. Right. So I was, I was playing at uh, the local punk rock bar. And for those of you that uh, have never heard my music before, it's a pretty down uh, tempo uh, style of acoustic folk music. Right. Uh, so I was up there on stage on a Tuesday night, uh, playing my acoustic guitar, being all emotional, um, as I do. Um, and I, and I start scanning the audience, um, and, and thinking, you know, for a Tuesday night, actually, this, this isn't that bad. There's some people out and they seem pretty engaged. Um, and then I keep scanning the bar and then I lock eyes with, with, uh, one, one guy, um, named, named Jerry, who I had, who I had met before in, in the night. And so he looks at me, I look back in the middle of my song and he's got this big smile on his face big, big smile. And then he, uh, waves two middle fingers in the air at me and then stands up and, and walks out of the venue. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I've, we've never talked since. Yeah. You and Jerry are no longer friends. No, we're no, we're no longer friends. <laughs> and you don't know why. I don't know why, but it, like at that moment, it, <laughs> it made me realize, um, Oh, I'm in America. This is a very different country than Canada. <laughs> this is a different experience than in Bruno, Saskatchewan. Um, but also at the same time, um, not everybody has to like me. It's it's not this um, this wonderful, peaceful world, uh, and and that's okay. That Jerry maybe came expecting uh, something else, and I did not um, provide it. Yeah, I did not provide that, yeah. and that's completely fine. And Jerry has a right to his own opinion. Yeah. Um, so who do you who? Um, and that's interesting as as songwriters and. Um, musicians and artists coming through here of finding that perspective mm-hmm. that um, of who you're writing for. So who are you writing for? Who are you performing yeah. for? I, I don't know if there's any specific uh, group, one person or group of people. Um, 
And I have, is it like some artists yeah. have said? Sorry to interrupt you. Some artists have yeah. said that they they're writing for themselves or they're writing for. Oh, they're you know when I've said who are you writing to? Some people have um, they've actually commented that they some of the songs are actually writing to specific yeah. people. That's yeah. a therapeutic type yeah. approach. Um, I, I would I would hesitate to say that I'm writing for myself uh, because I, I don't think that I'm that important of a person um, or that I have that many important things to say um, th- that I should for selfish reasons, try to uh, throw everything out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, but it is definitely a form of therapy. Um, my, my dad always said that the guitar is, is a cheap psychiatrist. Um, so, so music and expression, it, it is a way for me to kind of work through and process all the things that are going on in my head and, and in, in the world around me. Um, so uh, who, who I'm writing for specifically, it's, it's a component of myself. It's a component, um, for for the world around me, for the people that listen, and it, and it's it's in in part to, to nothingness, mm. it's just an empty void that I'm that I'm trying to shout at. And so, who do you have a first listener? Do you have somebody who typically hears your stuff first, or are you one of those artists who the audience hears it first? The audience, typically, right. yeah, yeah. The, the audience for for me, I'm I'm a more isolated. Um, if you had that cat on your yeah, leash. if I had that cat on my leash <laughs> in my van, right. then maybe the cat could uh, entirely well, different thing. Yeah, but I'm always uh, I'm always afraid that, that maybe the cat won't like it. You know, maybe right. a cat, and that would uh, disrupt our relationship. Right. No, this so I'm I'm typically a, a songwriter that that I isolate myself, kind of in a hidden in a basement uh, or in a van in the middle mm. of um, of California or something like that. I spend some time writing in 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 the fall, um, but we're all kind of process it and and have to bring it to a point myself, entirely myself, where, where I'm ready to, to actually be comfortable with sharing that with, with other people. And is it just a feeling that you get when you know you're ready to play it for other people? Or is it a more of a, you've practiced it so many times, you've, you're at a point where you can play it? Or is it just like, I'm ready to go, I'm going to do this? I, I don't think there's, there's ever a point of being ready. And I think I've recognized the, the songs are very much shaped as you perform them. Um, and so sometimes I'll, I'll write a song and think that it's, so to speak, ready, and then I'll play it a few times and and kind of feel it out and, and realize, oh, you know what, that part uh, didn't quite sit well, or or I want I want it to go in a different direction and allow the experiences of performing it and how it's received uh, to shape the song mm. as well. And so, do you find I I used to do some tour managing and mm. um, the artist I spent most of my time with was interested to sometimes hear her do that. And from there's one song that she she has that. Um, is a lot of people know, and it's changed so dramatically from mm-hmm. the time I first heard it yeah. until what people know now yeah. on a record. Never mind the way she ended up performing it on stage. Yeah. Is that, do you feel that evolution is something that you do you feed off an audience when that kind of thing happens? I think or? a lot. A lot of it is subconscious. A lot of it isn't uh, necessarily as as um, as as well thought out of specific points. Um, I think it just naturally happens. It's it's it the the songs change. Uh, with with me as a person, mm. um, even even now I would perform my songs that I recorded uh, two years ago. I would play those songs, I'm sure, slightly differently than they were recorded on the album. Um, and even going back further, after I released that album, uh, my, my most recent album, I, I listened back to my voice memos of the 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 songs in their um, most simple form and their most most mm. original form, and realized, wow, these these have changed quite a bit. Right. Um, and then even now, listening back as as I'm performing. 
the songs. The songs change with with me as a as a person, as as my strengths and weaknesses change, mm. um, both as a person and as a performer, as vocally. Maybe I can uh, do things differently, or maybe I'm interested to in something different. Maybe I've played the song a thousand times, um, and my ears need yeah. to hear something else, so I right. change things up ever so slightly. Great. Well, it was great talking to you, Noah. Yeah, thanks, And I Heather. hope you have a good uh, a good show tonight yeah. here at the National Arts Centre. This is your first time here. This is my very first time being yeah. in the National Arts Centre. Well, right? hopefully we'll have you back. I'd love to be back. Yeah, and thanks so much for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to We Love Canadian Music. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast. We hope you'll give NAC Presents a like on Facebook and find us online by searching for NAC Presents. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.